week here on a Wednesday in this time of uh, Lent. And uh, we have Lenten service today at 11 o'clock, and we'll do another uh, discussion-type Bible study tonight at 7 o'clock, because it's important for God's people to be together, especially at this time as we remember we walk with Jesus uh, to the cross, lest we forget uh, that word remember and forget our key words in Scripture. Uh, we remember the Lord, and we keep Him in mind. We remember uh, whose we are in the Lord. We remember what God has done for us, which is why you're in the Bible, by the way, because the Scriptures remind us again of everything that God has done for us, everything God's told us about. Many times we do an aha if you're um, if you're reading in your in your devotions for uh, for this morning uh, on this the promised treasure. Uh, it talks about John three, where Nicodemus comes to Jesus. Uh, and uh, Jesus says, you must be born again, and, and uh, Nicodemus is completely floored by what he said. But, but if Nicodemus were to look in Scripture, and, and if you and I were to look in Scripture, everything God has done, every God, everything God will do, he's already said he's going to do it. And, and we have that kind of hope, which, again, is the reason why we need to be in the Word of God. Uh, I know I've said this a million times, that you're getting fed media and uh, information from a whole lot of sources, especially today with our phones and everything that, that are, you know, talking to us and we have uh, information right off the bat. Uh, we can forget about God. We can think, well, our technology is so great. And back in, you know, in old times, they needed God more than we did because they didn't have all the intelligence we do now, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but that's not true. Uh, Satan is still just alive and active. We need to hear God's word. Um, God is wisdom, and that means all the wisdom in the world. Um, and greater than any wisdom in this world will ever be able to muster, greater than any knowledge this world will ever be able to know. That's why we continue to discover more things about this world. And we think we've found something new, and God's known about it from the beginning of time. He's the one who created and made it. We're just finally catching up to him. And I don't I can't think of a point where we ever got into history where we said, Well, we know everything we know, we know everything we need to know about God, we know everything about the universe or the world. Those are deadly words because we always find out more later, but I digress in a way. Um, but here we are in the, in the Word of God on this Wednesday. Uh, we're in Jeremiah chapter 32, and we got this wonderful gospel interlude, uh, but the gospel is the gospel because the law shows us just how deplorable our condition is. It smacks us in the face. It's that mirror that says, oh my gosh, I'm doing this and this and this, and this is wrong. But the good news of the law is that it shows us, I can't fix this myself. I can't do this. I can't forgive my sins. I can't make myself good enough. Uh, to go to heaven. Um, has God done anything for me? Well, here comes the gospel. And both of them come up in Jeremiah 32. So we start, Jeremiah 32 starts out with a little bit of the historical situation. It says, in the 10th year of Zedekiah, the king of Judah. Now, Zedekiah is the last king of Judah. Um, well, at least the last physical king of Judah, because pretty soon Nebuchadnezzar, which we hear about in the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar, who is king of Babylon, he's going to come and he's going to besiege Jerusalem. I mean, he's going to level it. The guy's going to talk about later in the chapter. He's going to burn it to the ground. Why? Because God's people, he'll, he'll tell us why. Because God's people there had stopped worshiping God. They started worshiping the false gods and God had warned them over and over and over again. That's what the prophet's job was to warn them. But notice what happens. Look at verse 3. It says, Zedekiah, the king of Judah, had imprisoned Jeremiah. And why is he imprisoned them? Well, look at verse look at verse 3. Uh, because, Jeremiah, you keep telling me, thus says the Lord, behold, I am giving this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and I shall capture him. Now, that's good news, because he's warning him about it and saying, you can do something to stop this from happening. you got to quit worshiping the false gods and come back to the true God. Um, so I love what he throws, it, he throws into Jeremiah's face. Uh, 
exactly what Jeremiah told him. And Jeremiah said, I, I told you that to warn you, but you didn't take it that way. Um, and then it ends with, in verse 5, though you fight against the Chaldeans, which is another name for the Babylonians, you shall not succeed. But notice here what happens. Here's God bringing good news in the midst of bad news. Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me, and long and short, um, God tells Jeremiah, your, your uh, cousin is going to come to you and tell you to buy this land. Now think about it. That's a land that's going to be destroyed by the Babylonians. But why is he telling Jeremiah to buy it? Because there's hope. That after this destruction, there's always hope. In other words, uh, uh, someone said that uh, uh, Luther, someone asked Martin Luther, if you knew the world was going to end tomorrow, um, what would you do? He said, I'd plant a tree. In other words, we just need to keep doing what we're doing. There's always hope. Uh, even when it looks like it's desolate all around us, God always brings hope. There's always good news. God gets the last word, and his last word is gospel. And so you see it uh, right here. So you read about that transaction that, that comes about. Um, and verse 15 says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again, look at that word, be bought in this land. Um, there before the besieging, uh, it's going to happen, but God promises this is going to happen. Uh, there's good news. So Jeremiah prays for understanding, um, and uh, he, uh, he talks about, and maybe just a comment on verse 17 or verse 18, uh, where he says, but you repay the guilt of fathers to their children after them. Uh, and we'd love to blame God for that. God, how can you, how can you uh, uh, curse the children for what the fathers did? And a more important question is, how can we do that? Because in effect, uh, the things that we do affect our children. That's really what God's saying right here. Um, because if you go down to verse 23, after, after uh, Jeremiah recounts all the things, many of the things that God had done for them in creation and bringing them out of Egypt and all that, look at the uh, incredible but there in verse 23. But they did not obey your voice or walk walk in your law. Um, that's the problem. And verse 26 says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. He says, but I am giving this city into the hands of the Chaldeans and into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and he shall capture it. Um, why? Uh, verse 30, for the children of Israel and children of Judah have done nothing but evil in my sight. Verse 35, they built the high places of Baal, the false god, in the valley of the son of Hinnon, um, to offer up their sons and daughters to Moloch, uh, though, I, though I did not command that. And this is an abomination to God. Uh, and you'd think that God would be done right there and say, you made your bed, now got a lie in it. But look at verse, 26, verse 36. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, verse 37 says, behold, and anytime you see the word behold in the Old Testament, that means stop. Open your eyes, look around if you got ears here uh, to, to pick up Jesus' words, and look at what he says at the end of 37. I will bring them back to this place. And notice who the subject is. Are they going to bring themselves back? Are they going to make this good themselves? No. Only God can do that. I will make them dwell in safely. And then these wonderful words of gospel, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. We can call him our Father, as Jesus said. And then he says, verse 40, I will make with them an everlasting covenant, not like the covenant uh, that I first gave them. Remember, we talked Ten Commandments uh, yesterday, but a new covenant. So when you hear those words in the words of institution with the Lord's Supper, this is my blood of the New Testament, the new covenant. Uh, there it is, my friends. Uh, verse 42, for just as I brought all this disaster upon this people, so I will bring upon them all the good that I promise them. 
and I will, last words of the chapter, I will restore their fortunes, declares the Lord. That, my friends, is pure gospel, not our doing. You saw what happened when we got our way, but God's doing. And there, my friends, is the love of God for you and me. That's what Lent is really all about, too. It's springtime is what the word Lent means. And even though it's freezing outside again today, after a very warm day yesterday, there's always hope when spring comes. And that's us with God. God bless you as you read.